Hello, hello. It's producer and sometimes editor Charlie with a little disclaimer here at the top of episode two. Due to some unexplained technical issues, Caroline, for the most part, this episode sounds like she was recording inside of a rubbish bin. This issue should be fixed going forward, but just wanted to let you know if things sound a little off, that's why. Alright, hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Caroline. And I'm Avis. Today we'll be talking about Degrassi Season 1, Episodes 3 through 5. We start off with family politics. Roses are red. Toby fills Ash with rage. Back to school time. New year, new look, new page. This episode brings us to the start of the new school year. Ashley and Toby have just started living together, and they are not adjusting well. Ashley's running for school president, unopposed, until Toby convinces JT to run a joke campaign to fuck with her. As expected, Ashley has no chill. She bribes JT to drop out, and then Toby threatens to expose her, but decides not to. JT drops out. Ashley wins. She and Toby bond a bit, maybe? B-plot? Spinner hazes Emma and Manny. I think I covered everything, right? Yeah. As far as... Mm-hmm. That's All right, so... Pretty much what happens in the episode. So let's uh, dive a little deeper. Um, yeah. Full disclosure, in preparing for these first couple of episodes and figuring out how we want to format the show, we ended up watching Family Politics several times, each of us. Um, it was so and, many times. And it's a really boring episode. Yeah. But, you know, we've we've also in, you know, creating content, we've been able to, like, look at it and see the value in it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really like is, you know, Obviously, it's much lower stakes than mother-child reunion. Mother-child reunion really tells you who Degrassi is. It's like, hi, Degrassi. It goes there. And then, you know, we get out of that creepy hotel room and we walk right into family politics where, you know, sometimes it doesn't really go there. But mm-hmm. as, a, as a girl who grew up with stepbrothers, one of whom was my age and in my grade and who, like, we moved in together either seventh or eighth grade like yeah it's not as serious as almost getting abducted and probably murdered but it was a real problem it felt real to me at 14 and i like that degrassi is taking time to focus on the smaller problems as well right it is definitely a smaller problem but you know as as will be highlighted it doesn't make it a non-existent problem you know like this is this is relatable stuff i hopefully not too many people can relate to almost being abducted on the internet but statistically a bunch of people uh, statistically a bunch of people i mean raise your hand if you were being stupid on the internet when you were 13 yeah unfortunately yeah all the hands are up it's okay the internet was very new yeah we were young we had hormones we made bad choices luckily most of us didn't get kidnapped and murdered by some guy in yellow knife and like i mean i feel like this episode is kind of a palette 
I want to say a cleanser. I mean, I want to say cleanser, but then I feel like because we've watched this episode so many times, I know it kind of like the back of my hand and I still needed to watch it because I was like, what is it about? What is going on in this episode? <laughs> but right. um, it, I feel like it does set some stuff up. So it's a good, it's a good it, episode for that. Like it I does. A couple things are established. Um I mean, that pr- primarily that they want to develop Ashley and Spinner for some reason. It, like, out of all the eighth graders, like, you know, Paige is just the, the bitch, but she hasn't gotten quite the time to bitch yet. She's yeah. just being snarky and flashy in the background. I feel like Spinner is still such a caricature in this episode, though. Like, he's just, he like, is. hazing he is. the grade sevens. I mean, I think that it's good to see where he started because they definitely take his character places and I and it's good to see because I feel like season one overall they just kind of had to get a lot of groundwork out of the way so they were like let's get everybody in here and then we're going to decide what we're going to do with everybody maybe you know like we're going to give them the meat and potatoes I guess like more more like towards it's we're getting towards the middle of the season I guess the next three pack will be more middling <laughs> but but um, I do you know they are establishing dynamics you know we're getting JT is a class clown we're getting Spinner is kind of a douche yes. you know right now he's definitely like on the trajectory to be like a lamer version of Matthew McConaughey and Dazed and Confused <laughs> and to be clear that's already a lame version of Matthew McConaughey Oh um, Matthew McConaughey is a whole different conversation. You know, we get, the, <laughs> we get the Ashley Terry dynamic when Terry's like, oh, I think he's kind of funny about JT. And Ashley gives her that death look. Mm-hmm. And she very I mean, quickly like backtracks. It's because Terry's like mature. She's so sweet and she doesn't, I feel like Ashley has always had like, even though she could be like a page, I've always seen her, especially, you know, coming up, like they, they rival each other. They butt heads a lot because they both have type A personalities, but they just manifest differently. So like Ashley could have been, even though Paige has insecurity, she kind of doesn't let people go <laughs> uh, and ruin her good time. She's like, I'm still having fun and you can't right. tell me about myself. Whereas Ashley's got those, just the insecurity eats it away. Like Toby knows what buttons to push to like get her to start scheming. And <laughs> yeah, she would have yeah. won the race had she probably just chilled and like done what she was going to do anyway. But, you know, she has to like get recruit Jimmy and Spinner to do dumb shit for her and do all these things. Yeah, no, she has like Jimmy and Spinner bring JT to her in the music room like a couple of armed goons. Mm-hmm. They like ambush they him. They do. And drag That's exactly. Yeah. Yes. They're her and little her little mafia. And where <laughs> where does a grade eight get eighty dollars from? Why does Ashley just always have however much cash she needs? Well, I feel like the thing with her, right? Like, because that definitely her amount of money, like the money that she has at her disposal, comes up again in the next. <laughs> In the next three pack, yeah. Yeah, the next three pack. I I feel like it's just, she's probably that girl that just had a piggy bank and never broke it, which was now she's a grade eight and she's a woman of the world and she needs to be able to fund her lavish. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, another thing that I loved was when Jimmy comes up on 
liberty and actually <laughs> talking mm -hmm. and liberty's you know all excited about the cap the campaigns and being co you know president and vice president and liberty mm -hmm. walks off and jimmy's like what was that about all incredulous like <laughs> is this some like how dare a grade seven talk to my cool grade eight girlfriend yeah it's like for me i i was hearing the whole high school musical the stick to the status quo song <laughs> it's like because there's some i feel like that is like oh that's not how it's done a seventh grader's never won before and like you know right like, oh i'm not gonna do it like i did it last year and all of these like allusions to oh we've been here before and we know we're gonna set the rules and then the seventh graders come along and they then they start doing things differently like emma and jt <laughs> i don't know like it's fun like it's supposed to be like avant-garde i think it's it's so ridiculous. and i love what are hold on i have to pull up my notes because what does jt's campaign poster say unknown unremarkable underachieving uh, i feel like that's a <clears throat> at this point would like be a winning presidential campaign in this country first of all i drew so many real life parallels because it was all fanaticism and like personality driven and no platform <laughs> whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And the whole like, if I win this, I might actually have to do some work. <laughs> like, the, yeah. like, I love the line delivery because it's like, I feel like it's so relevant. <laughs> and I love just the entire like oh uh toby telling him what if i you know what if i win he's like oh you won't you won't have a chance like you know, like okay but when you say that in a in, in media the opposite either ends up happening or almost happens and you've got to yes. prevent it <laughs> actively <laughs> so it really sets the tone for a lot of who these characters are you know we really see mm -hmm. the toby jt dynamic Yes. You know, although honestly, also at the same time, I feel like we see, I kind of feel like we see an inverse mm -hmm. of the Toby JT dynamic. It doesn't usually happen this way going forward. JT's this is like the, one with the, the manipul ideas. yeah, the dumbass idea or the mm -hmm. outlandish idea that, and then Toby's roped into it. And he's like, oh man, I think that they kind of, for some reason wanted to abandon the fact that Toby's smart unless it's the like fact that he's a computer person. And by a certain point, you kind of forget that he started out the show having one of the lead storylines and being in the forefront. You forget right. that because he they hide him. He's kind of black holed. Yeah. Like controversial take, but it's kind of like not to, because his, as, he's as still people. there. Right. Like there's no usage of the character beyond a certain point. And for Hazel, there's just like barely any like back. And it's like, it sucks to be Hazel, especially because like not to go too much into her, but she's there so much, but she gets nothing. She gets an she's episode. Literally <laughs> just there. It's like, she's a, she's a prop. Where have we, where have we seen that concept before? So it's like, you know, it, I feel like Toby, they were building him up to be more and then they just fucked him over. A really small thing that happens, but that I thought was kind of cute, mm -hmm. was that Ashley or Manny sees Ashley in the hall. Toby points her out, and Manny says that she thinks she's pretty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and just given, you know, spoiler alert, what's to come. 
given their future shared intertwined history, it is very funny. Um, and another thing that I would like to touch on is Ashley put her hair in rollers for the election. And the evidence of that is kind of not seen the next day. Yeah, it's she's just got the same horrible poofy hair she usually has. Like, I wonder if she thinks that her hair is flat, so she's using the curlers as for volume. Yeah. But, whatever. like, her hair also looks heavy, so I don't... Whatever That's, that's a doing, bold choice. It's, just, it's a bold choice. Yeah. Another thing in this episode is, fuck Miss Kwan. She has that whole thing with Spinner on the first day of school where she's like, Gavin Reginald Mason. Like, first of all, it's Gavin Spinner Mason. Get it right. But she's like, you know, do I have to give you another, what was it, 14 detentions? And embarrassing that young embarrassing man. Him, Honestly, who? For the year. But no, <laughs> yeah, Miss Kwan is really disappointing in this episode. And from there, I think, can we move on to the couple of short segments and leave this terribly boring episode in the past where it belongs? Yeah, I think that the. The only other thing that, like, I guess I'll point out is that I did really like is um, the heart to heart at the end because they neither of them want to relinquish control. But, you know, we've got to make up. We've got to have the heart to heart. It reminds me of like the the Danny Tanner scene in Full House where they play the music and he's got to get down and cross his his leg over his knee and be like, well, what did you learn today? And, you know, but it's very I feel like they're at their best. It's a resolution. And I think that, you know, you still see their their sibling relationship definitely comes into play. So it's a good. Yeah. No. Well, you know, I. I, meant, I think I mentioned in the first episode that, like, what brought me back to Degrassi was an, as an adult was that, like, for whatever reason, I felt compelled to watch it when I was grieving after my best friend died. Mm-hmm. And I think, looking back, a big part of it, like, the familiarity was nice, but a big part of it was that I found something really comforting in these problems getting wrapped up in an episode maybe two you know probably because this was a problem that we'd been dealing with for a few years and Mm -hmm. and it didn't get wrapped up neatly and there was I don't know there was something comforting about that and yeah I like the little heart to heart and the little you know isn't the shot at the end the two of them I think so I think it's like they're you know not not looking at each other but they're in the same frame and they're just like yeah. merp <laughs> they're like we're gonna oh. leave it here we're not gonna hug or anything <laughs> those those credit scene, credit screen like freeze frames did nobody any favors ever and i love too when it's like a bear like this one like it's a low stakes episode but there's still that like serious music underneath it Oh, yeah. We're dealing with real hard-hitting issues, so we have to have the dramatic resolution music. Like, we've just done something good work in this 20-minute episode. But we do have a, a, a Spema sighting, I feel like, in this episode. Yeah, so let's, this is the first one, so we should explain what that is for the people who don't know. Um, yeah. Major spoiler alert, if you don't know. I actually <laughs> myself didn't know for a, until a couple of years ago. Our producer yeah. didn't know until last, last week. <laughs> Was spoiled. Um, <laughs> Emma ends up getting married. And she ends up getting married to Spinner. She's Mrs. Um, Mason. 
<laughs> it's a very controversial thing within the fandom. A lot of people absolutely hate it, think it doesn't make sense, all of that. I personally, I don't think it's the worst Degrassi pairing. I think it honestly kind of makes sense. Like Emma was like kind of go-getter who got burnt out and like, you know, fell to sucking dick by the ravine. Sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's a great and episode. One of the things, one of the big criticisms that people make is that like they don't interact much, which isn't no, it's not well, true. It, it's, it's, well, not, it's not wrong. It, it's they not wrong. The storylines. People think, oh, they need to have a significant storyline. They need to have dated. They knew each other their entire junior middle high, school, middle and high, high school. school, young adult, like, like up mm-hmm. until they got married. They weren't. They knew he. He worked at the dot all, <laughs> forever, forever, um, and a day and so- he worked his way up. <laughs> The ladder. So the we're dot. gonna kind of log those interactions. We're calling them spema sightings because that's what uh, the group that we're in tends to call that shit. Particular shit. <laughs> yeah. So this is our first spema sighting, and we get two in the episode. We get one right in the beginning when Manny and Emma are coming into school for the first time, and Jimmy and Spinner stop them, and they're like, "Where's your hall passes? You can't be here without a hall pass." And it's like you're just really dumb, amazing. It really was. Like, the um, first two girls that walk in the school that look like they'd fucking stop for you. <laughs> and then we get it again towards the end. Spinner spits a spitball at Manny. It, and yeah. Manny starts fake crying. And Terry walks by and is like, really, Spinner? That's cool. Or something like that. And Emma makes Spinner feel like a piece of shit. And then we find out that Manny's fake crying. So yeah, so we had that that first Spema interaction. And another thing that we're going to keep an eye on, and these are rarer, but Heather Sinclair hypothesis. Heather Sinclair is a student that is referenced regularly. She has never seen. So when we see places where like, hey, maybe this was Heather Sinclair, hmm, we're going to point them out. This episode, mm-hmm. we've decided that Heather Sinclair was the student walking around filming everybody, asking, interviewing them about the election candidates. Yeah. Even though that hand looks kind of boyish. Looks kind of, but we're not going to, we've already put it, we've already done it, so I'm just going to move on, you know? I'm never sure if Heather Sinclair is attractive or not. I feel like I feel a lot of It goes back and forth. And a lot yeah. of nice things. So mm-hmm. maybe she has boy hands, okay, Avis? That's why she's she's just she's she's an enigma. I have an boy enigma. Hands. Fashion okay. spotting. You know, there's a lot of especially in this season, a lot of OO's fashion. Paige is an icon. We've got a lot of things going on in it's this the first, first episode. Every I feel like we had this theory that everyone else was just dressed down because Paige looks so motherfucking fabulous and nobody bothered to just come to school that day dressed for the first day of school um, well, but it was new year new look new page and her alpha is bomb and that's an iconic outfit so i feel like that speaks it's, for itself it is bomb but it's also so real ridiculous her outfit feels like a joke but you know people are wearing that again and i actually see it in the wild now and i'm like <laughs> so <laughs> ashley loves these hoop earrings though and ashley will wear these hoop earrings that cut like throughout the first season until she makes her drastic spoiler alert fashion switch she wears the shit out of these hoop earrings and then ashley's mom wears these little baby hoops and i'm like go off 
go off like in her little outfit uh, not her uh, outfit her her bob her hairdo her mom was stylish like her mom had a good day at work was coming home into some bullshit looking beautiful and her little messenger bag i loved ashley's messenger bag yeah. with the little pocket for her phone very stylish right i had one but i didn't have a phone to put into it because i didn't get we were, yeah i didn't have those luxuries ashley's fashion is actually pretty on point give credit where credit it is due this is still an ashley kerwin slander podcast it will always be an ashley kerwin slander podcast and speaking of the slander on this podcast emma's outfit is fine but her hair is atrocious she's wearing that lazy bun where you just kind of put your hair in a ponytail and then fold it in half Mm -hmm. and except that she's got this chunk of hair that's like not tucked under and just hanging over it's weird it's not she put no effort into getting dressed for the first day of school and for that i slander her i think they get better like the last episode but yeah this episode they look kind of a mess i actually do like spinner's spiky hair I think it's I think it's kind of a it's, look for him. It's um it's very like baby guys. Guido. It's like baby mm-hmm. you know, Italian, like suave. It's cute. I don't think he's he's not Italian, but it's like that vibe. Spinner is cute. I don't think he's wearing deodorant. I believe that's established. <laughs> oh no. Hygiene. He might be wearing axe body spray. He definitely knows his way around a bottle of gel. Um, he does. It's it's a nice look. It's a nice look. But by and large, you know, other than the icon new year new look new page hottie outfit this Um, is a very lackluster i will give a shout out to like but toby's had this in the two-parter his his cut his haircut was very in at the time devin siwa i think had that haircut in casper like Mm -hmm. it's a very it's a look it's a hot it's a hot look it was like the yeah i don't bad boy run your fingers through it like leo dicaprio had that haircut so our uh final segment is the Degrassi black hole. So essentially Degrassi has a habit of introducing characters and then, or, or talk or characters talk about characters that don't exist later on their retcon or characters are introduced and then they just fall off the face of the they earth. They just disappear. We never Either or it's all going to fall under that umbrella of black hole. Um, and it happens multiple times. So strap in. Um, <laughs> so, so we'd like to have, you know, just a moment of silence for the first victim of the Degrassi black hole. <laughs> yeah. Danny no, Santos's brother. Very, very Danny sad. We ne- right. Danny Santos, we hardly knew ye because um, he did not exist very long. Thank you. And with for that, being our let's first bury victim. Danny Santos <laughs> and let's bury this episode. family politics and never talk about it again. In episode four, eye of the beholder roses are red terry doesn't think she's hot without Paige's bullshit would jimmy have been shot and uh the plot points in this episode uh it's the first night dance as uh ashley promised it's a big deal and the stakes are high uh terry doesn't want to go to the dance because she i mean she's having body issues and she does have clear feelings for Spinner. He is pining over her openly, but that's not enough for her to feel like, you know, I, I'm going to be confident and go to the dance. So that is Terry's 
uh, struggle in this episode. But Ashley convinces Terry to go to the dance um, and Paige weasels her way in somehow to the pre-dance makeover. Throughout this entire episode, Paige's mission is to sabotage Terry because she clearly likes Spinner. Spinner will not give her the time of day. Paige gets Terry drunk and Terry very mildly, you know, she makes an ass of herself. She does numerous things, but overall, honestly, I think she's very classy. Side note. Um, and we are introduced to new kid, Sean, who is actually the old kid, Sean, who was held back last year from last year. And Jimmy is picking at him every chance he can get about that. So that'll come into play. Emma is totally moody and totally into moody bad boy Sean. And she uses saving him from getting caught fighting Jimmy as an excuse to ask him to dance. And also in this episode, JT and Toby look at porn (laughs) and get caught by Toby's dad and Ashley's mom, who then make the boys look at porn with them. Yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> I so for as we dive deeper into this, the first thing that I want to talk about, and I do want to say full disclosure, this is partially in jest. At the end of the day, Rick is responsible for Rick's actions, and Rick alone is responsible for Rick's actions. Although I would also argue that a lot of adults failed that kid along the way. Ball was dropped but, many times. Ball was dropped many, many times. Mm-hmm. But that being said, bearing in mind that this is a little tongue in cheek, mm-hmm. spoiler alert: without Paige in this episode. Jimmy doesn't get shot. Paige doesn't sabotage Terry. Terry and Spinner would have dated. Terry and Spinner are dating. She doesn't date Rick. If she doesn't date Rick, Rick never puts her in a coma. Rick doesn't put Terry in a coma. Rick doesn't get tarred and feathered. If Rick doesn't get tarred and feathered, he doesn't shoot Jimmy. So um, fuck a Paige Michael Chuck in this episode. That's pretty sound causation. So I'm going to have to... Unfortunately, because I do love Paige and I really think that she is redeemed in the next season. But yeah, she's such a all, but... no, but like her character, th- I mean, she's a real big bitch in this episode. It's just so bad. Like, if I was Terry, I don't know how they, ca- I don't know how they carry on as semi good friends because this is some bullshit what she does to Terry. Because Terry is kind and a bit naive as a result, and so I don't know that she ever caught on that Paige sabotaged her. Even, you know, she already thinks probably Jimmy doesn't not. like her, or Spinner doesn't like her, even though he so clearly does. If she's oblivious enough to miss that, yeah, she does. Know. It it's some weird that it's, but like. I think that that scene in Quan's class where Spitter's openly staring at her and she sees him staring and smiles back. And it's like, okay, as a viewer, you might be thinking, oh, maybe this will affect um, how she feels about the da- the dance or even how she could feel about herself. But I actually like and dislike that they make it like, okay, this is not about validation from someone else. This is how she feels about herself. So even though Spinner's very clearly pining after her, she can't recognize it as affection because she just doesn't think she's worth that affection. Right. right. Like she doesn't think she's attractive enough. So it makes sense to her honestly you know not to skip ahead but like that's why she doesn't fight it when basically Paige backstabs her and starts London Spinner her notes right 
no she <laughs> so, yeah no terry uh, terry she's is, such a fucking a, good like, she's as, so sweet as a chubby girl i definitely yeah. like i felt the terry storylines a lot the representation isn't there after terry and you know? luckily i never settled for a rick but i definitely settled for some real shitty boyfriends yeah. for a long time all because Paige Michaelchuk got me drunk before the first night dance. Um, <laughs> I just also yeah. okay. I got a lot of gripes with this. So, mm-hmm. When the episode starts, like it is clearly established, Spinner is so not into Paige. No, he couldn't. He couldn't give a shit about her wanting to be saved to dance. He doesn't care about her. So that's why I actually really I don't know was something cut or whatever to make that because like they roll with it they don't explain themselves like they're just like now 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 you know page one spinner it's a conquest and he's just a pawn in the game of between yeah. you know basically he, he got caught up in uh page's web and and terry was just a means to an end and it's just like okay but doesn't spinner have any agency in this shit can't spinner be like no I never liked you. And even if right. I'm not, well, even I if guess. Terry doesn't want to be with me, I don't necessarily want to be with you. Well, but it's not even, he's like, he doesn't like Terry anymore because like, I went into this, I was like, I know that this ends him liking Terry. Does she like puke on him or something? Cause no. I get, like if I were a 14 year old boy, I don't care how much I liked a girl. She barfed if on she me. puked on me. Like we're not even dating. We're slow dancing like an arm's length apart for the first time. And she pukes on me. That's going to ruin that crush. I mean, friendships have been dissolved for less, you know, obviously partnerships and potential partnerships that would have, it doesn't take that much. That's, you know, keep your bodily fluids to yourself for a while, except, you know, kissing. Right. But she doesn't puke on him. She she's just very she classy. She's, she does have, I think she freaks him out when she's like, do you believe in love at first sight or whatever? But like. She does. Well, and she's like, I can't believe I said that. I think you're so cute. I can't believe I said that. Who hasn't had a couple drinks and danced a little bit too much and, right. you know, maybe needed to I mean, go to the, use the facility. So she, of them probably I feel like this is another thing like it's supposed to be a deterrent for a kid I, and i feel like as a kid it, it probably did because i mean the worst thing as a kid is like social embarrassment right. so she was being judged openly by her peers so that is the embarrassing part not that she didn't physically handle herself because mm-hmm. it would have just been two times as worse if she had thrown up you know would have that would have just it would have just been yeah. like oh she's disgusting and that would have been that layer on top of it but they were judging her because of how she was acting and oh people started figuring out probably that she was on something or drunk and she was being but judged so, for it it's disappointing like it doesn't make sense to me that terry is a little bit drunk and then spinner's like well i'm with Paige now who i all throughout this episode have been like not into i think you said like the only word the longest word he says to her is whatever yes it is he's just it, trying to get like follow terry to fucking class like he doesn't give a fuck about Paige for the whole also, like 18 minutes of the show of the also, episode it doesn't make sense for Paige to like Spinner. I guess other yeah. than the status thing, because he's Jimmy's best friend. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really make but, sense like, either. Spinner and Paige <laughs> never make sense. I feel like Jimmy and uh, Paige would make sense. I think she has more chemistry with Jimmy than she does with Spinner. I mean, even when they date. Right. There's It doesn't. But who else is there for her to date right now? 
<laughs> so. um, I do want to point out too, shout out to Christina Schmidt because her acting is really good in this. It's not easy to play drunk. Many it's tried, really not yeah. easy to play drunk when you're 14. And, and you, you don't know. Right. Reference. Exactly. And she plays it, it really well. It's not too over the top. When like Ashley comes into the dance to yeah. check out Terry and she's like, Ashley, my friend. Yeah. It's very cute. Terry is a fun drunk. I would drink with she Terry. Is. She's when cute. She's over 21. Right. No underage drinking with no drinking with minors anyway. Like yeah, that's no. just weird. That sounds like a horrible way to spend the afternoon or evening as well. Like to switch gears a little bit to the B plot, which is oh god, uh, yeah. the porn, because of course JT doesn't want to go to the dance. He's got this list of free porn sites from his cousin, who's really good at the net, and they're all free. Did I say free already? Just, free. When you couldn't just like Google like big naked boobs. I just used to, just used to Google boobs. No, you just had, you had to go to URLs still. Yeah, they couldn't tell you how to search for boobs. Is probably it was too uh, much of a like a map. Like we're not going to do that. We're not going to draw you a map. The internet was still a little more like that, unregulated and and not even just unregulated, but like Google as a search engine at at the time was not what Google is now because Mm -hmm. there just wasn't that much on the internet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so Toby's parents or Toby's dad and his dad's girlfriend—they're not even married. Yes, come home and catch yet. them and we find out at the end of the episode that the punishment is that they have they make them like look at sites with dudes and girls and like i just feel like that's not legal i feel like that's i feel like it's, that's very it doesn't feel weird legal to me. and, and i don't like, know and i right i don't know if it teaches them the lesson that you think it did other right. than i'm going to be embarrassed about looking at porn for the rest of my motherfucking life because right. i'm going to be scarred and, and also, <laughs> by I this feel experience. Like, okay, so Jeff, who is Toby's father, making Toby sit and look at porn with him is like still weird. Don't like it. Don't think it should happen. Think it maybe is illegal. Should be illegal. If but it's not, right? That, like <laughs> JT is not your kid. Why do you think you have the right? And if I found that shit out, right? As a parent, somebody's getting their ass beat. Because why didn't you contact me? You could have contacted me and I'll make the decision. And I mean, you know, it was kind of disclosed to Emma and Manny and they just laugh at them and call them losers. And I'm just like, they could have low-key been like telling you <laughs> there's some some shit that happened to them. And you're just thinking like you didn't even ask them like, are you okay? Like, are you, that sounds traumatizing. Uh, to bring it back to Terry. Yeah. And her self-esteem issues. Poor Terry. And Terry's like so pretty and she's got the best eyebrow eyebrow game of early Degrassi. She's got the natural face of like, Mm -hmm. you know, those, the little uh, light dust on her eyelids. Like it's. Which I will say like it does get, it it, it does get appreciated later on. But this episode. It shows because, oh yeah. Terry's so down on herself. No boy's going to want to dance with her. She's you know, makes up this lie about her dad saying she can't go to the dance for chores. 
Uh-huh. Terry's dad is a good and he loves her so much. And it's so important to yeah. note because in some of these storylines, the chief way is to be like, oh, this happens at home and the body image is reinforced by the outside. No, Terry's mm-hmm. dad fucking is, is just like, you are beautiful and these boys are lucky to have you. And, and you know, yeah. like encouraging her to go out and, and it has nothing to do with Terry's dad. It is society. And Terry trashes herself harder than anyone else will ever Right. trash her to um, her face but she has this point where you know ashley's trying to get her to go to the dance and she says tell me how i can lose 10 pounds in six hours and i will yeah and it's just heartbreaking <laughs> and I'm... thinking back to like magazines at the time because you know we were reading 17 and cosmo i i was anyway cosmo I did. Girl. cosmo i had a subscription to both girls life um which boys life was like camping and fishing and shit and girls life was garbage it's not promoting a healthy body image it's always thinking about okay you have to fix something something is not you know Mm -hmm. right on your body and when your body is growing every couple months you know and developing rapidly like you can't it's just extremely harmful to have those that kind of shit shoved at you and tear and it's like she's like just reciting the shit that she's obviously read or Mm. seen on billboards or even heard people talking about because those conversations were had in the open about how fat people were what somebody was eating and and those comments were not like socially unacceptable yeah it's it was the early aughts were a hard time to be a girl child Mm -hmm. Um, no matter what size you were honestly it didn't probably matter a boy child no. too i just wasn't one of those right can attest to that because but you know I feel it was like not my experience me. but there there is it touches on that still so you get that exposure a big thing that i loved in this episode was how they introduced sean cameron and he's just like get hops off tracker's bike we'll find out his name is tracker later his name is tracker cameron uh he is really hot he is he is hot i will say that he's got a rugged look about him but i mean he's driving a little scooter thing i feel like it is supposed to be a motorcycle but it doesn't look like it it's like a motorbike like a moped maybe um (laughs) he hops off his brother's moped and you know ruffles his hair and looks at the grassy like Oh, we meet again. And it's a very like spaghetti Western sort of intro to his character. (laughs) And I just love it because he is going to be framed as just the bad boy. I love his intro into into the homeroom with a Mm -hmm. snake telling him, well, why don't you tell the class a little bit about yourself? Uh, No. No. And Snake just is like, well, that's fine. You know, maybe later. Yeah. And just lets him go sit. To, like, Snake's the cool, like, like, the chillest dude ever. But, you know, I think and, that their relationship, Emma. And we and, do see kind of right out the gate, Emma is into Sean. She likes danger. She's, she does. She's attractive. At the night dance, like after Sean grips Jimmy up, just at like before Radich was there, like in in eye view, to see the gripping up, you know, at right after that, Emma's like, "Do you want to dance?" 
<laughs> like she's like like him like you know white on rice she's like i yeah. i want him i want him and she's wait like it's the beat that <laughs> the beat that she takes between him gripping jimmy up and asking him to dance is hilarious well and it's it's actually i gotta give credit where credit is due to emma and like it's crafty mm-hmm. it's good and it also sets up this whole like dynamic of them of like you know because she swoops in and saves him a lot and she it's does. a lot of him being like i'm the bad boy rebel without a cause and i'm just gonna hurt you doll and like <laughs> and she's like no sean our love is pure we can get through anything like you're 13 years old your poverty is my poverty like whatever it's it's definitely like a funny and uh enduring dynamic between them that like she just uses her womanly pursuits to get him out of brute stuff (laughs) sean is not my favorite boyfriend that we see emma with but i think emma might be my favorite girlfriend that we see sean with I like I like him with Ellie, even though he was not good to Ellie at all. We, I just think I think that right they were good until they were shitty. No, I have my I have my beef with Ellie, and we'll get there when we get there. We will get there, and I've been dying to talk about Ellie, and you know I'm so because I had, she's such a multifaceted character. Um, but yeah, no, Sean's. I feel like the Jimmy and Sean beef is hilarious because Jimmy, Jimmy's just asking for this shit the whole episode. Jimmy has his <laughs> fucking chill. He has no tact. He's just he's like he's so he's so unaware of the fact that maybe somebody doesn't want to fucking talk about the fact that they got left behind a grade right. bitch maybe like maybe i don't want to like talk about this shit. this shit maybe i want to enjoy my day <laughs> maybe i just don't want to talk about that you keep yeah, talking so, about it oh another thing bringing it back to the b plot yeah jt and toby toby's dad and kate leave mm-hmm. and, and they, they don't wait long enough one parent away two parent away three parent away and they race to the computer to look at their porn and like dumbasses, you wait long enough for your parents to like drive a block away realize forget something or whatever like my mom back. like and my mom and dad always did that shit but uh yeah that shit was i feel like uh that was hilarious uh to see how long they didn't wait but also i want to give a shout out to spike this episode because even though she did locate she didn't embarrass emma to the point where like she she was just like don't walk home alone even though you live you do live down the street however recent events have proven that you almost got kidnapped by some guy and turned into bad taxidermy in his creepy shack in yellow night Call me and and I will pick you, you up from this fucking night dance. <laughs> to your mom after you just almost got yourself murdered. Uh huh. She's lucky she went to that parents. night dance. Yes, right? Spike parented this episode and she looked like she wanted to hop she out that car. She heard criticism from last week. She was like, "Okay, I was told off, and I need to correct my actions." <laughs> yeah, I feel like was there. Um, there's not much else other than yeah. like the things that we're tracking. So yeah, our tracks. Let's get into that. There's cause... a lot of people know. Um, I'm assuming a thing that Paige does a lot <laughs> is call people hun. It's kind of a um, thing. And so this season we see, or this episode we see our first two huns. Um, the first one is actually from Ashley. She's talking to Terry towards the beginning, but the second one is Paige. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if we count the first one, but there is at least one. There is a page hum in this episode. 
That goes um, toward my whole thing of them like butting heads for the queen bee spot. Mm. It doesn't happen much after. <laughs> I don't think she ever oh. says hun again. <laughs> and then fashion, of course. Yeah. Terry looks adorable for the I dance. I love Terry. Terry. Really Before Paige edited that, she mm-hmm. was it was flawless, very cute, fun, end of summer outfit. Yeah. Um. Ashley looked really cute. Her hair was cute. Her top I was love cute. her hair. And yes, her top was cute. Her little, again, the hoops, they make an appearance. And her little dog collar studded like choker um, <laughs> was also kind of cute because I think, I don't know, there was something about like those those choker accessories with like studs and stuff that, but like yeah. with that shirt, it, it's like a vibe. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good coordination i think that emma's baby buns are better in this episode they look like more like bun buns and less like f low effort turnovers yeah, i guess emma, emma steps her game up she's yeah. still very emma she's wearing this like tie-dyed shirt with a, a heart silver heart on it which actually leads us into our i mean third overall but our second episode with a spema sighting um yeah the dance and spinner's like oh look it's whatever he calls her he's like and she's got a heart on and so i'm gonna put that in the like foreshadowing column because spinner is sexually harassing his future wife i think that you can get away with with putting it in that category and i'm not gonna foreshadowing i would say too that actually in the last episode when Emma and Manny do the fake crying thing, Emma strikes me as the kind of wife who's going to manipulate her husband, whoever he is. That was her MO toward the later season. She's mm-hmm. emotionally manipulative. So, so 100% again, tracks. So of the, Things the to greatest come. love story Degrassi <laughs> ever told. Oh my gosh. Um, People hate them so much. Also, wait, to just call back to fashion very quickly. So... You've got to look at you got to look for this girl in the background. When Quan's class is letting out, there's a girl with a British flag tee and like baggy like Janko s pants, but they're cotton. And and I'm and like Skechers probably. And I'm living for that outfit. That yeah. is, I probably woke up at six a.m. to get this to like freshly rolled out of bed vibe on Parents' Day. Roses are red. Emma's got an opinion to share. Did you know that Liberty's dad knows the fucking mayor? So the storyline in this one is that it's parents' day. Toby's having a lot of anxiety about it because his dad's coming and his mom's coming. Um, He mostly lives with his dad. His parents suck at co-parenting. They fight a whole lot. He tries to forge a note from Simpson saying that they don't have to come because Toby's the best student in the history of education. Obviously, his parents don't buy it. They come to Parents' Day. They start arguing in front of Simpson because Toby, like, skipped class one time and turned in some assignments late. And whose fault is this? You know, that whole thing. Toby's mom is, like, threatening to fight for full custody. And finally, Toby's like, you guys need to grow the fuck up or at least leave me out of this shit. They promise to do better. Simpson ends up, like, being proud of Toby but he also knows about the forgery and he punishes Toby. Emma is on the warpath this episode about news about kids, which is this like video that plays once a week or so instead of the video announcements with Ashley. Um, it's largely advertising and also to be fair, it does seem offensive. Like the episode that we see is about squeegee kids, which are presumably like children who live on the street 
and are making money by squeegeeing people's windshields. Um, and it like compares them to cockroaches and Emma's got feelings about it. She goes to Mr. Radich and he's like, you know, I get where you're coming from, but these videos paid for all of the new computers in the media immersion lab that helps poor kids like your boyfriend, Sean Cameron. He doesn't say that, but you know, subtext, but he's like, look, you can write an opinion piece for the grapevine. So she does. And Sean's hot older brother tracker thinks that her opinion is dumb and he tells her so. Emma sticks to her guns, and I know this is an Emma Nelson slander podcast, but, like, she's actually pretty admirable in this. She's, like, she is a child, and this grown-ass adult is telling her that she's dumb and her article is garbage, and she's like, no, you're wrong, and here's why. I would have been shaken like a leaf. Sean is impressed because this is why Sean falls for Emma. We see this time and again. Also going on is that both Paige and Ashley want to impress Toby's mom. She's a talent agent. She's not impressed by them because Paige is trying too hard and Ashley is Ashley, but she does give her <laughs> card to Terry, who isn't even trying to impress her, but of course does just by existing because Terry is perfection. She really is. And I feel like more happens in this last episode than I thought um, because mm. of Emma. But like, because I will agree Emma. with that just off the top. Kudos to Emma. Credit where credit is due. You know, she stuck to her guns she had a conviction that was very biased media you have mm -hmm. to call out your biased media you can't let that shit fester can't let people get complacent about being spoon-fed bullshit and and then advertise too and kudos to her for like sticking up to tracker i love there's that part where like so tracker's talking to sean and he's like what a piece of garbage who wrote this and emma pipes up and she's like i did I, yeah and it's not and garbage like he kind of goes to like a pop save face a little and he's looking at Spike and Emma goes, and I love Emma in this moment. She goes, don't look at her, look at me. Yeah. And like, yes, this is like season one is kind of where Emma still really had a chance to shine. And then yeah, they made her the worst. They did. I feel like they thought that, you know, it's often that people don't know, especially people who are maybe producing things or, or like writing the content, they don't necessarily always know what people like about it. So they maybe thought that, oh, that is what we liked about Emma is her being all social justice-y. But no, she doesn't need to be a mini Caitlyn. She can look up to Caitlyn. But what was nice about her was her conviction and that she didn't let people shit all over her. If maybe her thinking that she's right above all else and you know is slightly flawed but she does have a very strong argument and she doesn't yeah. and she refuses to be to let a grown man <laughs> tell her what you know what is right and what is wrong which is something that she does carry through to her adulthood but you know she's cause girl for a while like they you know mm -hmm. she's not necessary and that's like but I do like, too, you know, there's a bit of humbling for Emma. Like, she does see, like, this isn't just this big black and white thing because, you oh, know. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like multi it's a multifaceted issue, bitch. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it, I just wish that she carried that with her further than this episode. Thank you. Because <laughs> she does, I mean, she has a revelation moment. Yes. Oh, I see a chat from producer Dylan. Who the fuck is Spike in the, where the fuck is Spike in this whole interaction? We just, Spike we literally just applauded her. We just gave her like a gold star last, episode, last episode. And now we got to kind of cut it in half. Yeah, you get no. like a half, a ha like a, yeah. 
like you're on a yellow light instead yeah, of a no, green light. But but it is teen mom shit. Plan, it is. Okay. She is like that whole friendship with your kid dynamic shoots her in the foot because they grew up together. They raised each other. So yeah. it's it's definitely like Emma is taller than her. Emma's got like, you know, she has that voice on her that even though it's kind of squeaky, she asserts it. And I don't like Spike has always, that's like, I do kind of think that that is reverence for her character, how it always was. She's always been soft-spoken, sweet Spike. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it would go come to pass that she would have a fucking daughter like Emma, who well, just is a big-ass loudmouth. Somebody <laughs> needed to be a big-ass loudmouth because it is not crazy Spike. kids trying to make it on their own in this world. Surely enough. And yeah, two pe- it couldn't have been two of you know the same. She needed that mm-hmm. foil. Yeah, definitely. Spike is... Missing in action. She's there, but um, nobody's home for, for most of that. It, it just her blank like, face, like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Just very much like, I don't have the, I'm not equipped to deal with this, you know, but she's trying. <laughs> she's she is trying. trying. She's, she's chugging, trying. chugging she's along. Better. She won't let Emma walk home alone anymore. It's a start. It, it, it is a very needed start. She needs some goddamn boundaries sean and emma have that cute little moment at the end on the i am i love that scene because again it it demonstrates that emma's a little prideful and Mm -hmm. she's not gonna even though she's right the fuck there but it also is like it's hard to say hard you know and apologize to somebody or talk to somebody about some hard shit so that's relatable feels very age appropriate and very relatable and like absolutely and it's cute and like i don't i don't think that sean and emma should have been end end game i know a lot of people do people feel cheated when they don't get high school sweethearts and but i feel like I I like Sean and Emma's relationship for what it is. They were good for each other for the the time for that the they first love. They and... did yes, it was a sweet like a comfort spot, but I don't think that they necessarily needed to like they it was a seasonal relationship. It wasn't a lifetime they relationship. They had done all the growing that they were going to do together. I yes, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I just think they should have given her someone in between um, that, like, instead of having her be so, like, hung up on Sean, like, she's always in love with Sean and been, like, puppy dog over Sean. And I think that's a lot of why people just love them together, because she just melts for him and everything. But, well, like, like, that doesn't like, mean that you guys should be together forever. <laughs> that's I not what know. that means. I, I definitely, like, the last time that I did a rewatch, early on the episode where Emma gets her first period and like has that whole moment, which we'll go to. I love that. Too. I love that. But the look on Sean's face. It's, uh, he admires her. Is yeah. like beautiful. And it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, you want these crazy kids to make it, but also I don't know. She's a force. For as yeah. long as they're going to, before they start destroying each other, which is where they're at by the time they break up. Anyway, we're not going to go too deep into that. Yeah, no, but I think that's, it's uh, relevant because like he, he's like, he treats her like a force. He definitely treats her like he sees her and he admires her for who she is. He definitely like the complimenting her of like, you know, I didn't think it was garbage. Like I actually really Mm -hmm. did, you know, like he is not just in it because he thinks she's attractive. He probably thinks, you know, he thinks she's attractive, but like he likes her brain which I I really think is cute about them. But I don't think, I think he's just, 
he knew her in a time when she was growing up into who she, you know, wanted to be. But she changes a lot when she goes to school. Yeah. They outgrow each other. So. They outgrow each other, and that's fine. And that's a hundred percent fine. But um, um, Tracker Cameron's back. <laughs> Tracker Cameron is back, and he is looking fine. I um, think producer Dylan was cringing when we were like giving him, like we were saying have, he was fine. <laughs> now that I'm an adult, I have like the weirdest Degrassi crushes. Like I think that Tracker is hot. Mr. Simpson can get it. He is he, he hot? I mean, no, he, but he is in that like goofy dad way. Mr. Archie can he, get it. He does have dad. Um, he has dad vibes. He does. Manny's dad can call me a loose girl anytime. Oh my god! Um, is it the accent? First of all, Caroline, controversial like, take, and he's I really like a little bald short king. I don't know. There's I was gonna say I needed it. explanation, but you gave one, and I still am no closer to I, grasping I know. I, where you're coming I from with this one. Ex- I can't explain it. I can't justify it. No. What? Like, who, who, what you, why you want big boobs, huh? <laughs> you want to be a loose <laughs> girl? <laughs> maybe that is a therapist that's a valid that's a vest some people have shame kinks that's fine is to a degree is that like degrassi brings me back into (laughs) a younger mindset and i definitely was like more attracted to toxicity like when i was watching degrassi when it was like age appropriate Mm -hmm. i was a sean girl but way more than (laughs) that i was a craig girl i was gonna say expose your toxicity if you love craig i think i come back to degrassi and i'm like you know i have this like husband who like when my husband leaves for work and i'm still asleep he puts my coffee in my insulated travel mug (laughs) he puts an oven mitt like the glove kind over the travel mug then he Mm. wraps it in two pot holders and then wraps all of that in a towel so that no matter when I wake up, my coffee is still going to be as warm as possible. That's cute. But man, up until that, this man, I was all about the toxic men. And mm-hmm. so I think that's it. I go back to Degrassi and I'm like, mm, yeah, tracker. Wonder why that came. Child. Yeah, <laughs> oh. Mr. Santa. Hot take. Um, so we do have two more Huns this episode. They um, are both delivered by Paige. We are all is now right with the world. They gave Ashley that one Hun, and they gave Paige a Hun. And they were like, "Nope, they're decided." This is a Paige thing. I don't remember the context. I'm sure it was. I don't remember. Yeah, you've been doing these Hun counts, and I, you're a real one for it. Um, I, you know, my thing is that. There's also a whole other thing with Toby happening, which like Toby completely owns this storyline by basically telling his parents that they're they're shitty for using him against each other, which it had to be said because they're like the cringiest fucking parents ever, ever gathered into Mr. Simpson's classroom. But literally, I love how he's like video games they're ruining our generation and like like deflect with deflect uncomfortable vibes with humor like Kate has like great comedic timing in it I also I totally forgot okay this is an iconic liberty line as they're leaving class after the news about kids Mm -hmm. liberty oh yeah to Emma and Manny and she's like my father says if one of those ragamuffins comes near his car again, he's going to talk to the mayor. 
he knows, he knows the, the mayor. mayor. Like it's <laughs> so early liberty, but also bitch, what the it. fuck is the mayor gonna do? About some kids about squeegee, squeegee kids. kids. And it's kids. not about squeegee kids in general, it's about squeegee kids in particular bothering your dad. The right. mayor probably doesn't even like your dad. Let's be honest. Your dad's oh kind of a dick. Ooh, do I think Liberty's dad is hot? <laughs> Liberty's dad is just too much like I don't like an authoritarian. But I I actually have this note that I want to know Sean's sun sign because like I have like like he's just giving Gemini vibes. Like he's just all over the fucking place. Like he's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. He's I'm not gonna he's keep singing the Katy Perry lyrics. It's but... black and it's white. May Gemini. Okay, so I only really know May Gemini's, and they are some chaotic ass personable motherfuckers. So I would probably give him more June because I think that there's an antisocial element that Sean has that May Gemini's do not. Because like my dad is a May Gemini, and he just makes fucking friends wherever he goes. And I'm just like that is so not. And I, and pretty much every Gemini I know for in May is that way. They're like friendly. Just your your kind of person, person until they're like a bitch. <laughs> Sean, Sean always makes me think of um and like all issues with Harry Potter and J.K. aside. Yeah. Um, a million years ago when YouTube was brand new, there was a an account that made these videos called Potter Puppet Pals. I knew you were gonna say that. one where I Harry was obsessed with those. And it's just basically Harry, this puppet of Harry Potter banging his head against shit, being like, angst, angst, angst. And that's what I, like, I think a lot of the time when Sean Cameron is on scene, it's great. I'm just like, angst, angst, angst. Oh, that's perfect. Because that's really, like, that's all he is. He's just a ball of angst for, like, he is. I mean, for a while. <laughs> he's been through some shit. He has. His parents suck. Mm-hmm. which we will get to know there's like that his whole i mean sean has his day to really be developed and i like his storyline and i think he's one of the characters that his exit actually makes sense even though i i was really sad about it i think that they didn't just like say oh the actor's leaving for a season or two they actually wrote his storyline very well so he's one of those characters like craig I think was written very well. So I will give mm-hmm. him, I'll give that like, he's got an arc man and he rides that motherfucking wave. So this is the beginning of like knowing, I mean, not only Sean and Emma's dynamic, but just also like tracker and Sean and like mm-hmm. how they're obviously. They much like Emma and Spike are just two crazy kids trying to make it in this crazy world. Absolutely. He's like, you know, I was just kind of, my brothers just kind of showed up, but given, put like shoved in my lap, basically. Right, and the tracker's kind of so he can go to this school. But he's also kind of insightful sometimes. And like, I like the conversation, even though it's aggressive that he had with Emma, it's, it's valid too. Like, how yeah. is, how is he going to do it? Like now with this technology being a big thing in school, how is he going to, not fall behind in school without a computer we don't have a computer and right. you know emma it, he gives emma some perspective which i think even as much as sean admires her he doesn't stand up to her very well so nope. one camera's got a motherfucking do it somebody's got to stand up to her and yeah. and i mean it's not to tracker be mean to emma. her but right tra- tracker is the emma and sean is the spike 
exactly because he's just they're both their faces are the same they're both like yeah. <laughs> like what's going on like we'll just see how this unfurls because we're not really going to be players in this <laughs> like we're just gonna um, let these two loud people talk <laughs> we of course have to talk fashion again and once again the main conversation is going to be Paige oh who, that phone to volunteer the whole thing clip she's to her wearing, damn like, hip a gold crop top Mm-hmm. She's got like a glittery fake tattoo. I was gonna say she got a damn fake, fake tribal tattoo on her belly button. It's so yes. she's trying so hard. Um, uh, it's an she, it's a look. There's a picture to Toby's mom. Mm-hmm. That Polaroid. She's like you, uh, something to remember photo. me by. It is Ashley's and those is strands. I the love. Strands. They're just like I feel like her hair must have just kind of naturally did because it's always the, the mm-hmm. those very specific two little pieces of hair I used to rock that there. a lot in my like mid-20s it was a look like it was the exact same two little pieces of her damn hairline <laughs> yes yes I'm like that um, is just her say, like you know Ashley tries to like style her hair like that but I guess because it's so thick she just does other things with it she just rolls it for volume it's controversial because the actress literally never lets it be natural so we don't know what it looks like like I literally think that the closest to her natural hair is probably in this season because she starts doing some like it gets a lot flatter looking in the later seasons so she's sizzling the shit out of that hair (laughs) but it still looks it's thick it's thick and glossy still so it's beautiful but i think that the i have to shout out Paige for her dog tag also the 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 sparkly pink dog tag i love like i remember I used to steal my dad's dog tag, his actual military dog tags, and he used to like come for my life because he's like, you can't wear my dog tags like they're like they're an accessory. These are important. We do also have another black hole victim again so soon. Yes. Um, JT's parents. Yeah, JT had parents. JT had parents, but then we never really hear about them again. And then he's just like been raised by his grandma all along which is just a complete wreck like i mean they just completely 160 on that they just chucking off immediate family members (laughs) yeah we're uh switch gears to like the our segment um wrapping up the last the the uh, the three pack it's gonna be us just awarding our shining stars which is just the you know the people who get the gold star the characters who really they did the damn thing they carried the plot or they did something admirable etc we'll make the criteria as we go along (laughs) but they're awesome in one way or another um and then the super bummers are you drop the ball there, mm. This episode sucks significantly, maybe not because of you, but you contributed to it. So we're going to call you out about it. Um, and so I guess for family politics, how are you, who, who are you feeling for the shining stars to, to go back to fucking motherfucking family politics? Honestly, <laughs> there is no shining star in family politics. So I'm going to give the it to Manny. The stakes were low. Yeah. I'm going to give it to Manny because Manny is there and... That is always deserving of recognition. This is a Manny Santos Stan podcast. Um, This is a Manny Santos Stan podcast. You know, so uh, Um, 
Terry. I'll give it to Terry because Terry's like that that calm voice of reason, just like trying to make light of the situation to Ashley, and she's not motherfucking having it. So yeah, no, Terry. She deserves right. She deserves a gold star for putting up with the, the constant bitching in this episode. What about your uh, What about your super bummers? I feel like for reasons of sabotage of each other, that like Ashley and Toby are kind of the super bummers because like they just go out of their ways to be like little shits to each other and like you can just both take the the l even though they make up at the end i'm happy for them but they kind of have to because they're like fucking stuck with each other Um, right now (laughs) also honorable mention to miss kwan for calling spinner out like that in the first episode yeah that shit Um, was rude so yeah she could go on there too she can go yeah it was was unnecessary um so i are the beholder <clears throat> i have the beholder i think you know my shining stars in that are gonna be terry's dad absolutely i love um, that yes me too and i'm gonna give Second it to act. ashley too because ashley was actually a she cool was friend a solid friend the only thing she didn't do was like make sure that Paige was not left the fuck alone but she didn't think Paige but was she, gonna be that right, much of a bitch right. so that's um, not her fault <laughs> And then I would also say Emma kind of shines this episode, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, her little bad boy crush, the way that she swoops in and saves Sean and uses it to her advantage. Absolutely um, devious in the best way. <laughs> and then my super bummers are Paige, obviously. Obviously. Um, and also Ashley's mom and Toby's dad who are grooming Toby and JT and it's weird. I actually will go all, I feel like your shining stars and super bummers for I have the beholder are pretty much on par with mine. I think that I don't really, yeah, I mean, that shit was skeevy, so they deserve to be on the list. Yeah, I that's, that's good for me. And then, I don't really have an addition. And me, well, maybe Jimmy, J- Jimmy a little bit, he sucked. Like, like you, you can only be oblivious for so long, Jimmy, like stop being a dick. Like, yeah. let that man live and go to school every day without your Yeah, no, you're right. Jimmy is definitely hanging a super on. bummer. Yeah, like, he's just bummed me out. So that's why he is a super bummer. Like, I was super bummed out by you every scene you were in, Jimmy, this episode. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then where are you at for um, Parents' Day? So I'm going to go the opposite way and get, you know, go negative first. I'm going to give super bummers to Toby's parents because they both fucking suck. And even though they learned a valuable lesson, they still fucking suck and they need to go think about how to immediately change their actions and behavior. Um, Uh, Honorable mention (laughs) to Paige Michael Chuck. Oh, yeah. Um, This is a season one Paige Michael Chuck slander podcast. I think that that's a perfect because... She it's like her, i'm but... a season two to pre degrassi goes hollywood page stan every yeah. everything before these and, and after i am not acknowledging as canon so yeah yeah um <laughs> and then okay so who are your shining stars for um i feel like my shining stars are toby and snake um i love I really love that Snake just congratulated him or, you know, acknowledged him uh, and gave him encouragement about speaking up for himself, because I think that that's so important. Like, 
you know, his parents did, his mom did say, you know, we heard you loud and clear, but I think as an authority figure to say, I'm proud of you for, you know, you know what I'm proud of you for is yeah. really important. And Toby standing up for himself as a kid to his parents, even if you're fed up with something is not easy to do and articulate yourself in a way that like actually makes them take you seriously was right. amazing. So I love him for that. And he's absolutely a shining star for that. And I'm actually throw tracker in there because he checked Miss Emma Nelson. And I think that, they both checked each other, even mm -hmm. though, you know, maybe she didn't check him as much, but I actually appreciate their dynamic. And I think that- So are you throwing Emma into them? I guess I'll throw, I mean, this will probably be one of the only times that shit happens because fucking Emma, but she had a good point. She was no, outraged she for the stuff. greater good. And yes, so yes, I will throw Emma in there. She was outraged by what her classmates were being exposed to. It was not a pure, it was not a selfish pursuit. It was yeah. humanitarian. So yeah, there we go. She, um, she will I, be on there for me. <laughs> you know, I think again, I'm gonna agree with you on those. Yeah, Toby's parents are super bummers. Paige is a super bummer. Mm -hmm. Definitely Toby and Snake are the like shining stars, mm -hmm. but Tracker and um, Emma can get a little honorable mention in there. Yeah, let's do the honorable mention because it's like they it they added some character growth. Give they they, they gave each other. You know what? Nice He's not a growth. shining star. He's never gonna be a shining star. He never will have an opportunity. So I am going to say, shout out to Mr. Radich. He handled this situation well. <laughs> uh, he actually turned her her outrage into something productive. Look mm -hmm. at that. He <laughs> listened to her. He gave her a platform to make her voice heard mm -hmm. all for it um and so now all that's really left is to ask the question of these three episodes does it go there yeah just a quick yes or no but i think we already know <laughs> for the first one uh family politics and i don't think it goes there i think it goes there i just think there is like down the block I was going to say, there is not there that it's we were going. Far, but like, it's not it, Again, real problem. We've got, you know, conflict. <laughs> you said there's down the block. <laughs> resolution. Yeah, it goes there. It's just that there is not very far. The tension um, was not, it was zero in this episode. So I guess for me, when I think of, does it go there toward, does it go toward tension? No. no. Does it go toward conflict? Yeah, of course there's conflict in this episode. <laughs> it's very low stakes. Like I said, it goes, it walks like down to the corner. That's it. Yeah. Um, so I have the beholder. Uh, I think tension is approached because for me, it's, you know, starts, I start getting clenchy when a uh, page is plying uh, poor Terry with Sherry. Well, you've got <laughs> a lot going on there. You've got, Terry and her self-esteem issues. You've got just the, the overall awkwardness of kids oh. at the age. You've got the diabolical nature of like how girls at that age can interact. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like that and, girl world. Yeah, no, I think that one goes there. You know, I think it's one of those because you're also like like disgusted at that that sort of behavior towards someone that's in your inner circle by page. It's like yeah you are really cutthroat you're really and, and you know there's a lot of different emotions that as a viewer i felt like i was going through so for me yeah. it's one of the the highlights 
of the three pack. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't go all the way to yellow knife, but it goes. There. It surely does. Okay, let's do that. Does it go there? As in, does it go all the way to yellow knife? <laughs> I mean, mother and child reunion doesn't even go all the way to yellow knife. But it's in the driveway of yellow knife. Yeah. Yeah, it's on. It's on it's the just road we're to we're, we're idling. Maybe like, or at least we haven't taken the exit yet. But the exit is like less than less than a quarter mile away. We stopped for pizza. Um. Anyway, so it goes there. It doesn't it go is. super there, but it goes there. Not all the way to yellow. Um, um. Parents' day. Parents' day. Um. This goes toward emotion. This one's Mm -hmm. emotional and I was revved up by the, you know, the discourse. I think that the whole plot with the agent thing kind of makes it more like a, like a teen comedy again, with just like that level of like kookiness and drama. And it takes away from, because it is a storyline for Toby. Right, right. Toby's kind of going through it. And then we kind of just are, I mean, there's still other things happening, but it's it's really trying to go there, but Paige keeps like making them stop the car. Because it's, you know, new, new, new new year, new look, new page. Um, Yeah. Did your middle school allow belly shirts? Because mine sure as fuck did not. Absolutely not. They didn't even allow spaghetti straps. No, they had to be lasagna straps is what they call them. Mm -hmm. None of what anyone Wore, well, none of what Paige wore at all this season would have been allowed no. at any at, at any school, uh, except for college that I've attended. Canada, uh, p- potentially. Thanks for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week we'll be dissecting the mating game with Canadian icon Sue Johansson, Basketball Diaries featuring low stakes drug use, and Secrets and Lies in which JT is a dick and pretty homophobic. This episode of Your Mom's Podcast was made possible in part by low self-esteem, squeegee kids, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Podcast. You can also visit our website at www.padcast.com. Your Mom's Podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash your mom's podcast. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you.